0: white as snow that amazes me it's not by anything that we have done but it's what he has done for us by the shedding of his blood Uh, I'm thankful today for a savior anything else on your heart before we go any further Amen. Bless you, Sister Stacy. Anything else? Follow the Spirit this morning. Anything? I've got a... Amen. Amen. Bless you, brother. Appreciate that. I appreciate it. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Something else. Follow the Lord just Bless you, sister. Bless you. We, uh, brother Jackson, said before we've we've all got family and friends and co-workers and uh, went up to Indianapolis and my sister has lived in Bloomington, Indiana, which is about 50 minutes south of Indianapolis. She's lived there for the last 20 years. I've got a nephew that's 15. He's sitting under some sound preaching a handful of times in his life. And uh, she told me last time, and it ain't nothing about me, but last time he come and heard me, it was during the Easter service. And he got to asking questions about dying. Called her back earlier this year and told her about it when they told me I'd be going. And really was anticipating her being there. And... Uh, they didn't. They weren't there. Uh, and I don't hold that against her. I don't. Um, but I pray that God get a hold to her. Uh, I'm just like you, sister. I remember. There's been a whole lot. Jessica says I've got the worst memory of anybody she's ever met. That uh, may, may be a husband thing. I don't know. But I can't remember very much. But now that night, I remember. I've forgotten a whole lot of things. I can remember what I was wearing that night. Uh, just because my mom, she didn't, I guess, want to attend to a whole lot of clothes. So we didn't pack a whole lot of clothes for that week. But I can remember what I had on that night. Um, so do be in prayer for... For them, I, I want him to know that he's been saved. Anything else on your heart? Anything? Alright. I'm going to try to preach for just a minute. Do pray for me. I had a thought earlier in the week and and uh, it kind of left me and started to, the Lord started trying to give me that same thought and... And I don't necessarily want to title this message, but the thought I had was, uh, you'll not slip by God. And I thought about that this week and began to think about uh, different things, and and really I guess a lot of it had to deal with uh, parenting and uh, parenting my children, and uh, I tried to raise them up in a right way. And. Admonition of the Lord and, and, uh, But I'll be honest with you I'm guilty sometimes Of maybe not being as hard on them As I need to be And maybe some people say Well you're too hard on them uh, There's times that uh, They do things that uh, They need to be punished More than what they are I'll just be honest with you as a parent uh, But on the same hand I, I love them and they're my children And I want to believe that they'll do better and they'll do right. Uh, But there comes a day and time that that we as parents, we have to instruct them and teach them. And and sometimes we have to punish them. Um, I went through a route smart of that as, as whenever I was a child and growing up. But I began to think about how easy sometimes I am on my children. And really, that began to stick with me and, and um, got on my heart this week. But I, I want you to know and understand this morning that God loves you. The Scripture says that God is love, and He is. He has a, a love about Him that is, uh, you, you can't understand it, and you can't comprehend the kind of love that He has that we sing that song a lot of times that as He was on the cross, I was on His mind. But yet, even before the cross, before the foundation of the world, as the Scripture says that He was the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world, we were on His mind. So, He has loved us and cared for us long before we can even begin to imagine that Uh, He put a plan in motion for the redemption of mankind that He knew that man was going to fail. And so He began to set a plan in motion. And as I began to say that God is love, He is. When you think about how much you love your children and children, how much you love your parents, and you think you know what love is, You don't understand what love is. I still haven't comprehended what love is, because God is love. But I want you to know today, just as much as God is love, that God has wrath. And God is just. And my friend, I want you to understand today, that uh, vengeance will be His. And there is an appointed day and there is an appointed time set out in the future for every man, woman, boy, and child that we're all going to die. Now, I don't know uh, when that day will be. I don't know when that time will come. But I want you to know and understand today that each and every person here, as Solomon says, uh, the living know that they'll die. And my friend, there uh, is coming a day out there in front of us that all of us are going to die. Now, I don't know your heart today. I don't know where you stand in the presence of God. I I know some of us. uh, uh, Listen, I believe my testimony will bear witness with your testimony. And and I believe uh, uh, what you tell me by a profession of faith that you make. But when it really comes down to it, it's between you and God. Whether you've trusted in Him completely with a whole heart, And surrendered to Him and repented. Now listen, I'll get off on that just here in a little bit. But I don't know today if you're lost. Uh, You may be sitting here today and uh, just realized here in the last couple of two or three weeks that you've been lost. Or maybe you've been lost a long, long time. I don't know. But listen, that's between you and God. But my friend, if you're here and lost, you've got to make a move towards Him. Now you may be sitting there today thinking, boy, I'm just kind of coasting through this thing. I'm kind of just making my way through this. If I can just make it through this service, and if I can just make it through Wednesday night service, and if I can just make it through revival, everything will be all right." I'm here to tell you today, everything ain't going to be alright. You cannot slip by God. You might get things up past your parents, You might get things past other people that you don't know about. But I want to tell you today, you won't get it past a living God. You won't. You'll not slip by Him. There was a sermon that was preached back in around the 1740s. That's been a long time ago. By a man by the name of Jonathan Edwards. And the title of his subject was Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. And because of that sermon, they went on to call what was called the Great Awakening. And there was multitudes and multitudes of people that were saved. And they called it the Great Awakening because people had slumbered in their sleep and he's seen the condition of the world and how things were and how people was merely going through the motion. But Edwards, he had a desire that people might wake up and see the world as it was. That people might see their condition and they might understand that there is a wrath of God that you cannot even begin to comprehend. So he began to preach. And this morning... Uh, I'm not going to be able to preach it like he did. But he's put this verse of text on my heart. And I want to take for a text over in Deuteronomy in the 32nd chapter in the 35th verse. I want you to keep that in your mind today that you cannot slip by God. He says, Deuteronomy 32 and 35. To me belongeth vengeance and recompense. Their foot shall slide in due time, for the day of their calamity is at hand. And the things that shall come upon them make haste. I want to back up just here, and I want to read, uh, starting in the 31st verse, he says, For there is a rock, excuse me, for their rock is not our rock, even our enemies themselves being judges. For their vine is the vine of Sodom and the fields of Gomorrah. Their grapes are grapes of God and clusters are bitter. Their wine is the poison of dragons, and the cruel venom of ass. It is not this laid up in store with me, and sealed up among my treasures. And to read that verse there in the 35th again, he says, To me belong with vengeance and recompense. Their foot shall slide in due time, for the day of their calamity is at hand, and the things that shall come upon them Make haste. I want to read over here in the 20th verse. He says, And he said, I will hide my face from them, and I will see their end shall be. For they are very forward generation, children in whom is no faith. And as he was proclaiming about those of the children of Israel, no doubt uh, Moses had done a a great thing as far as God had sent him, and he declared unto them who should go? And uh, uh, he told him. he said, well, uh, tell them that I am, that I am has sent you. And he went there into the children of Israel and we know then that the Lord had brought them out with a mighty hand. And they had went through the wilderness and uh, uh, began to go through the wilderness and no, we know that they were uh, marching through the wilderness some 40 years and and had seen the power and the might of God and what God was able to do, how He provided for them manna and quail, and how He had sent a, a, a cloud and a pillar of fire that it might follow them and might lead them. And we know then that uh, finally it comes down to a point here that Moses is fixing a die, and this uh, verse of text is entitled Moses' Song. But it began, the Lord began to speak through Moses as in a song. Uh, saying, listen, there's a, a part of the children of Israel that yet haven't believed with a whole heart. And he said, they'll not slide by. He said, they'll not get by. He said, vengeance shall be mine. And he said, to me, belongeth with vengeance and recompense, their foot shall slide in due time, for the day of their calamity is at hand. And I know this morning I've tried to read that a few times, but I want you to know and understand this morning is, Maybe you're sitting here and have sat here many times. And you think, well, I'll get through this, I'll get by this. And you begin to think about the things that you'll achieve in this life. Uh, you're thinking about maybe uh, what you're going to do after we get out of church on Sunday. Or, or maybe you're uh, worried about, uh, uh, and I don't know why this keeps coming to me, but uh, maybe you're worried about uh, what somebody's going to see or, or, or what somebody's going to hear you do. But I want you to know and understand this morning is, is you cannot slide or slip by God. My friend, you'll have to answer to Him. And my friend, I want you to know at that point, yes, He is a God of love. But I want you to know that you can't even begin to comprehend His wrath that He'll pour out on you. Uh, I'm telling you my friend today, as I begin to think about these storms that pass by and y'all know what kind of work that I do. And I see the destruction that's all around me. Trees is laid over. I mean great big oaks that you can't even wrap your arms around. And uh, telephone poles just laid down everywhere and you see the lightning and you hear the thundering. And you see all of these things and you think about the wind blowing and how strong it is and maybe you've sat in your home and and you're scared and you're terrified about those kind of things. My friend, that doesn't even comprehend what God is able to do. God's able to do all kinds of things. We said before that with God nothing's impossible. But my friend, I want you to know that He spoke this world into existence with a voice he said let there be light and there was light you can't begin to comprehend that kind of power and neither can i that's power like we've never seen before And you think about just how He sends the wind and it tears trees down and it turns vehicles over. It destroys homes. It does all of these kind of things. My friend, you haven't even begun to experience the wrath of God. That's wrath. Now I tend to believe that maybe He sends those kind of things to get our attention. Maybe y'all don't see it that way as I do. I do. I believe He tries to wake us up. He sends those kind of things that we might draw closer to Him. That He might wake us up and say, boy, God is big. Look at what He can do. I'm nothing in the palm of His hand. But look how big my God is. God's big. Moses said, As he was declaring this song, that God said, Vengeance is mine, and I will repay recompense. What kind of wrath is God capable of? When he stood there, and as Jesus said, as those that had proclaimed, Lord, Lord, have we not done many wonderful works in thy name? Have we not cast out devils? Have we not done this? Have we not done that? And he'll say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. To stand before him and say, look at all of these things that I've done. Uh, listen, and him say, I never knew you. Depart from me. Can you imagine us uh, standing there before him, going throughout this life, thinking the things that you've worked and the things that you've done. And my friend, for him to say, depart from me, I never knew you. How many people, and it's not not for us to know, but there's people out there today that believe that they know the Lord and have no idea about who He is. He is a God of love. But the Bible says the uh, the beginning of knowledge is the fear of the Lord. To fear Him. To fear Him. And what He's able to do. The Scripture teaches us. He says, fear not those that are able to kill the body. But fear the one that's able to destroy both body and soul. Fear Him. There's things in this world that are fearful. But my friend, fear the one that can destroy this body and this soul. He is a God of love. But my friend, He is a just God. He is a just God. He's long-suffering. He's merciful. And the only reason today that those that are lost have still have the opportunity, and might I add to you that it's an opportunity today, because God has allowed a new day. He doesn't have to allow another day. He doesn't have to allow you another second to seek Him. But my friend, it's by His mercy, His mercy, that He's allowed another opportunity for those that are lost to seek Him. The wrath of God. He told them over here, He said, For the Lord... Shall judge his people and repent himself of his servants when he seeth their power is gone and there is none shut up or left, and he shall say, uh, Where are their gods, their rock, and whom they trusted? He says, I'll look over there one day, and those people that trusted in everything else but me, and I'll say, Where's your god now? Where is He now? How has He not been able to, to protect you? How has He not been able to keep you? But my friend, when God saves you, He takes you out. I believe it's over there in Psalms and 40. He says He, uh, he takes you out of that horrible pit and that mowery clay and He sets you upon a solid rock and He establishes your goings. He takes you and He sets you upon a solid foundation and He establishes you goings. Now today, I want to read this over here. He says, uh, Let me find my place. Well, I can't find what I'm looking for. Anyway. But it's by His mercy. When I began to think about the wrath of God and His power. The Bible says that the very hairs on our head are numbered. We are insignificant when it comes to the power of God. Him and all of His glory. His majesty. The Bible says let His name be magnified." what He's able to do. And yet, He loved us enough that His Son came that He might give His life for us. And He said, there's one or two places that you can go. He said, Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. He said, uh, you believe in God, believe also in Me. In My Father's house are many mansions. He said, if it were not so, I would have told you. But he said, I go to prepare a place. And that mansion means abode or a place. And my friend, he says, I want you to be in heaven with me. But he said, if you fail to believe and repent and trust in the Lord, he said, there's a place that uh, was created for the devil and his angels. And my friend, throughout all eternity because it's a place of everlasting punishment. My friend, that will be the place that you'll go and spend all of eternity. The Bible says that it's a place where the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. Yes, God is love, but He is just. And He's looking for one thing when you die. He's looking to see if the blood of the Lamb has been applied to your heart. He's looking to see if he has washed those sins away. He's looking to see if you've trusted in him completely with a whole heart. It's not his desire that anybody should go to that place called hell. Now, whether or not this morning you want to believe it's a real place, that's between you and the Lord. But I'll tell you today, it's real. I can't tell you where it's at. I don't know. But I'll tell you this, it's real. The Bible says that the fire is not quenched. It's everlasting. Lost friend, you can't even begin to imagine just how close that you truly are. To die and then go into a devil's hell. John Edwards put it this way. He said, "Imagine a spider dangling over a flame." He said, "Imagine some little insect just being squished." When you begin to think about it in that manner, my friend, I'm telling you, it ought to hit close to home. And my friend, today, if I knew, if I was sitting in your position, and I knew that I was lost, I'd be seeking God. It's real. And He's giving you an opportunity to seek Him today. But he said, I'll not let you slide by. He said, they'll slip in due time. Just as soon as you think that you're outrunning God, my friend, he's right there. You might go through this whole life never seeking him. And my friend, you close your eyes and open them up in a devil's hell, and you'll know then that he's real. That he's real. And my friend, at that point, you'll be crying out, It's too late then. This place of torment. It's a bottomless pit. Darkness. That rich man over there says, I'm tormented in this place. A place of torment. The Bible says there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Those people are crying out. Somebody help me. Somebody help me. Can you imagine what they're saying right now in that place? I've heard it said this way if you could. I believe it. Brother Save says it's a uh, brother Dean that says this, "If you could just raise a lid up on hell, what they'd be saying today, I don't know what they'd be saying. but I can tell you this one thing: they're crying out because they're tormented in that place. Tormented. No escape. There's no way out. You think that you're going to escape. And you're trusting in everything else today when Jesus says, trust in me. He says, come to me that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Remember what Jesus told them over there? He said, be not like your fathers when they were there. Well, I'm going to mess that up. Sixth chapter of John. He said, I am the bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. He said, I'm not like that bread that your fathers did eat, he said, are dead now. He said, but I'm the bread of life. I heard a young preacher just the other night, he said, I'm just a beggar trying to tell another beggar where to go and get food. That's all I am. Hell is real today. And it's burning. And it's only by the pure, absolute mercies of God. My friend today, that uh, y'all can tell I've got a new book. Lamentations 3 and 22 says, It is the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because His compassion faileth not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. This place, I want you to think about Satan. The Bible says that he's a lion seeking to devour who he may. A roaring lion. And he seeks to devour you. That's what he wants. He wants your soul. And he'll do everything this week To try to confuse you. He'll do everything this week to try to manipulate you in some way in your mind. To get you not to make a move. Whatever it is. That's the way he works. He wants to devour you. And when you think about this place called hell. It's not a place that you want to be. I've heard people say, well, I've talked to people years ago, that you talk to them about their soul, and I get to hell, it's going to be some kind of party. Listen, it ain't no kind of party. It ain't somewhere you want to be. And it certainly ain't somewhere you want to spend all of eternity. But my friend, when you open your eyes up in that place, and you're in torment, and you're like that rich man that's begging for water, begging for one drop that he might cool the tip of his tongue. I believe you'll have all your senses in that place. I do. I believe you'll be able to see, feel, experience, have emotion. All of those things. When we think about... I want to put it to you this way. Preacher, are you saying there's good people that's died and went to hell? Absolutely there is. Do you know why? Because they failed to put their faith and trust in the Lord. This morning, God loves you. He does. He loves you. And I love you. And church, I hope and I pray that this week goes on that we can get a visual of what hell is. God's people needs to get a visual of it too. When Isaiah was talking over there and he got a view of heaven. Remember what Isaiah said? He said, I'll go. Send me, Lord. This week, let us have that mentality that we'll go. Lost person, I don't know your heart this morning. I certainly don't want you to go to that place called hell. And there's nobody in this church that wants you to go to that place called hell. But I can tell you this morning, it's real. And it'll be the most, there's nothing in this life that you'll ever experience that will even begin to come close to the torments of that place. It's real. And God sent His Son, that He might shed His blood, that He might give His life on the cross that doubt. That if you look to Him, and place your faith and trust in Him, and Him alone, that He'll save you. Today may be the very first time you've ever realized you lost. I don't know. But you'll not slip by God. I want to read this, second chapter of Hebrews. Therefore we ought to give a more earnest heed to things which have heard, at least at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast in every transgression and disobedient received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect a so great a salvation which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed in us by them that heard Him? God also bearing them witness both of signs and wonders and divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to His own will. I want to stop there for just a moment. He says, how shall we neglect? He said, how, how we ought to give a more earnest heed to things which we have heard at least at any time we should let them slip. My friend, today, church, I don't want to let them slip. That's what Deuteronomy says. He says, they'll slip in due time. How many times have you ever been out hiking or walking and you slipped and tripped and failed? That's how close that you are to spending an eternity in hate. It's only by the sure mercies of God that you've got the opportunity that you have today. It's only by history sure mercy. I don't want to let them slip. I said earlier in Sunday school, if they're going to go to hell, let them step over the bodies of the saints to get there. Today, I've heard people say, if I, had, if I could just give my life that they might believe. You ever heard somebody say that when they stand up and make a talk? Listen to me today. I don't have to give my life. Jesus Christ done not that price. Of you'll either believe in Him and trust in Him with a whole heart or my friend, as they say, you'll split hell wide open. You might say, preacher, that's pretty rough stuff. Hell is real. And folks, that's why we're here today. We want to try to point you to Jesus that you don't have to go there and spend all eternity burning forever and forever. forever. Brother Mike, you'll get us a song, won't you come? Come today and seek the Lord, if God's dealing with your heart. Come today and seek Him, that you might know what it is to be saved. Amen. 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 We want you to, when you die, we want you to be able to open your eyes and say, Jesus, there he is. We don't want you to die and open your eyes up in that place of torment. We don't want you. It doesn't have to be that way. But you're going to have to surrender. And you're going to have to come to him with a whole heart. And pour your heart out to him. You've got to desire to be saved more than anything in this life. And He'll give it to you. But you've got to come His way. Don't trust in nothing else. Trust in Jesus and Jesus alone. Go ahead. Let's obey the Lord. Let's turn to 193.